Ah, good morning. Welcome to Teaching Others Also. John chapter 3. John 3. We're continuing on this Fishing for Souls series. And today we're going to be in John 3. And our subject is the process of conviction. Now, we've been talking about the fishing aspect of Fishing for Souls. We talked about the fishers, us, what we need to be. Later we'll talk about fish, that is the product of it and what you're after, but <clears throat> today we're going to talk about fishing, and the part we're going to look at today is the process of conviction. Let's read John chapter 3. The paragraph mark starts at verse 16, a famous verse to believers, and we'll start there. Our, our focus is in verses 17 to 21. John 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. And there's three thoughts with this. I We may get through it in this broadcast, but on this thing of the process of conviction, they're sowing the seeds of God's standard. They're seeing yourself in God's eyes. And then they're seeking, seeking reconciliation, forgiveness, cleanness. Okay? And it's to be, that is to be seeking in a person, in a person, not merely a doctrine. It's very important. Now we're going to come back to John 3, but look with me at John 8. John 8. So, <clears throat> as you turn a couple pages to the right to John 8, let me say this. In John chapter 3, this, these statements he makes, they are very, very important. Because the picture is, and many of you know this, so this is not new at all. There's, I'm not going to come up with any new thing. If I do, I'd be doubting it. <laughs> but the thing is this. When you believe on Christ, it says you're not condemned, verse 8, 18. And, verse 17, God sent not His Son of the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. So the purpose of Him sending His Son isn't to damn people. And some of y'all who are saved, and you've got a certain bent to your mind, you go about life as if, this thing of the gospel and preaching and witnessing is all about condemning people. In other words, it's God's means of making them accountable enough to go to hell. And that's that lack of compassion, that lack of that spirit, is not a God. So the picture is he sent his son to save people, that the world through him might be saved. Well, thank God that you're not God, because some of y'all are way too preconceived in your notions about 
who ought to be able to be saved and who shouldn't. And what kind of people get saved. Remember we talked about seekers are seekers when we talked about Nicodemus earlier in this series. And he also says that if you believe you're not condemned, but if you believe not, you're condemned already. So we're living in a lost, condemned condition until we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now the reason that's so important is because it makes it clear and it gives you the forest and not the trees, as you've heard me say, probably till you're tired of it. In verse 19, this is a condemnation. Lights come to the world. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. By the way, I'm amazed at how people who've come to Christ, gotten on the right book, you know, got some doctrine in them, all of a sudden they're so different than everybody else. And they're so above everybody else, which we're not. I like what Bob Jones Sr. said. He said, what one sinner has done, any other sinner could do under the right provocation. You need to realize that about yourself. Your potential. Okay? So, when he says, verse 20, Everyone that uh, doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. That's only true when a person has a conscience to be convicted with. So come to John 8 for a moment. We're going to come back, but just flip over to John 8. And you'll remember the story, the passage, in John chapter 8, verses 1 down to 10, where it says, Jesus went out, went unto the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. And immediately that begs the question, well, then where's the man? Because they're going to quote Moses' law. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. What sayest thou? Well, they're obviously not following the law because they've only got one of the people. And if she's taken in the very act, they should both be there. This they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down with his finger, wrote on the ground, as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, now watch, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? You read on, she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Now, notice that they got convicted. You say, what did Jesus write? I don't know. There's much speculation. Chances are he's writing some part of the law. Both times. So the first thought is sowing seeds of God's standard. These fellows were convicted by their own conscience and compared to God's standard. So we sow seeds of God's standard. 
And may I say this to you, it's the manner in which you sow it many times that determines the outcome of the seed. You and I do not have the right to make it as difficult as possible by a bad spirit for people to come to Christ. We do not have that right. In fact, we have an, a duty to do the opposite. We have a duty. Our duty is that we should make it as easy as possible for people to at least be exposed to the seed. Okay? Now, sowing the seeds of God's standard. They were convicted by their conscience. I'm going to refer to rather than turn there for time. Acts chapter 7, verse 58, when they kill Stephen, there's someone standing there bearing witness to it, saying it's, it was a, a just killing, a righteous killing, and that is Saul of Tarsus, who became the apostle Paul. That's why in Acts chapter 9, verse 5, when he's knocked down, the Lord says, it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. The poking and jabbing of your conscience. By the way, an, an ox goad in that Old Testament was sharp. It was almost needle sharp, but strong. And they would hit that ox with it to get them to do what they wanted. Uh, kind of like a hot shot, but actually more effective. And so what God was doing was poking his conscience all through that. He's getting permission to go, you know, deal with these Christians, these bad people. They weren't even called Christians yet. They were just believers of Jesus Christ. And he's I mean, he's after him. And what is God doing? Convicting him. The process of conviction. There's the sowing, the seeds of God's standard. There's seeing yourself in God's eyes. Then there's seeking. Now, let's think about this in relationship to what we've been talking about on this thing of fishing for souls. It's really important that we are skillful See, some of y'all think you're not skillful, but then why do you call it fishing? People who fish have to be skillful at it. You're not throwing dynamite in. You're not doing like I saw a thing where they were uh, trying to tag some fish and track them, so they were using really light current. Some probes stuck out of the front of the boat, and they would hit that, and those fish would be attracted to it, and they'd net them, and they would tag them on the Guadalupe River. Well... That's not what we're trying to do. Because this thing of coming to Christ and believing on Him, John chapter 3, is about us, an individual, seeking reconciliation and forgiveness and cleanness. And by the way, the thing is, it's supposed to be in a person, not merely in a doctrine, not merely in a formula. Now, if you really have faith in Christ, and the more faith you have, the more you're willing to set forth and tell people, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 10, and thou shalt be saved. Okay? Believe. You see, if you're not careful, you think it's about getting the doctrine right. Well, I thank God that's not what it is. And I thank God that he put me across people when I didn't know a thing about the Bible. And I didn't know a thing about all that stuff. I thank God that what happened was he sent my people that way that understood this process. It is a process, not an event. You say, well, I've seen people get under conviction of their sins. I guarantee you. Behind somebody being in a, in a church preaching meeting, or you're dealing with them as a house visitation, or you're talking to them, say, at the hospital or a rescue mission, 
behind all that is a process. Guarantee it. And the reason it has to be a process is because it's got to go through that sowing the seeds of God's standard. There has to be something for us to measure against. The reason you don't find a lot of people, now watch, John 3.20, Everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. There are many who are so brazen, you, you'd think, well, they just don't have any conscience yet. They don't. Now, they might be aware, they might be pushing down the seeds of God's standard, but then again, they might not have any idea yet. You take in John 8, the Lord Jesus Christ obviously put them right up against it. This is important. This is not you going to work, fellas or ladies, and just constantly hammering somebody about what you know is going on in their personal life. You've got to let the Holy Spirit do that. But it is about finding good ways to sow the seeds of God's standard. Now, let me say this. Be careful. If there's anybody who can see through self-righteousness, it's lost people. If there's anybody who can see through Christians who are self-righteous, it's lost people. You parents, you know this. Not everything that a teenager gets offended about is worthy of it, but you, I'll tell you this for a fact. For the most part, young people see through you older church people. They see through you. And they see that you have your standards, yours, not God's, your standards, <coughs> and that other people's standards you measure against your own. You have your own little standard of entertainment. Now, now, hear me out. I don't mean you ought to be watching bad stuff with filthy language and all that. But you have your standard of entertainment. I had this conversation many years ago with a fella, and we were talking about different things. And I said, you know, you're all about all these old TV shows. But the old TV shows, doesn't mean you can't watch them. I didn't say that. But the old ones are the path to the new ones. The old ones were the ones that when they were marketing cigarettes on TV, everybody in every scene had a cigarette. The old ones are the ones that brought in, you know, uh, showing people in bathing suits and all that kind of stuff. The old ones are the ones that brought in the, you know, the adultery, the fornication, the gambling, the robbery, all that fascination. The old ones were the path to the new ones. So the old ones were the seeds for the new ones. So when you rail on the new stuff and you rail on the new this, you better make sure you are willing to hold yourself to the same standard retroactively. Now, I promise you that'll help you. All right. Time's up. We'll see you in the morning. God bless you.